Welcome to Fuel for Today, curated audio content from Pastor Bogdan Kipko. We are confident this will fuel your faith in the one who gives faith. If you have breath in your lungs, God has a plan for your life, a plan that is far better, bigger, and immensely more than anything you have ever imagined. How's it going, Fuel for Life Nation? I hope you're doing well. I am so excited to introduce to you my friend, Tyler Vela, host of the Freed Thinker podcast. Tyler grew up in a non-religious home and during his high school and college years turned to naturalism. And then in college, after listening to his philosophy professor, he decided to study further this idea that there is a God. Shortly after that, Tyler was saved after listening to a sermon which explained the gospel in a clear and coherent manner. He is now an elder candidate at a local church in the LA area and is a frequent guest on many Christian and skeptical podcasts and forums. What you're about to listen to is our conversation that will cover a wide range of topics that relate to people who are atheists, agnostics, and generally speaking, those that deny the existence of God or simply do not follow Jesus. Tyler is a former atheist and he speaks with incredible conviction about him coming to faith and the fact that Jesus is Lord and that the God of the Bible ultimately exists. And so I know that you will be supremely blessed and challenged by these episodes, regardless of whether you're a faithful follower of Jesus, an ardent atheist, or a skeptic who's sitting on the fence wondering what this whole Christianity thing is all about. So let's dive right into the content. Do you remember using any of these kinds of arguments when you were talking to people? And if so, what were some of them? Yeah. So um, to be completely brutally honest, I think that the arguments that atheists um, that you're going to run across online or who are sharing kind of these, you know, these meme kind of catchy soundbite arguments are some of the most flaccid, vapid arguments for atheism and against religion possible. They're, they're really, Tyler, really tell bad. us how you really feel, though. Yeah, right. Let me let me let me lay it out for you. I wrote a whole book called uh, Measuring McAfee, in which I respond to um, uh, hundreds of these um, as as presented by an atheist named David McAfee. Um, To be honest, a lot of my engagements with atheists, I say, look, I actually want you to be stronger atheists. These arguments are so bad. Have you tried this argument? Right. Um, So. So when they say like things like um, atheism is a lack of belief, um, that's actually it sounds really like a really cogent, strong position. But when you when you start to tear it apart, it's really, really not. It actually is really it makes atheism really trivial because it just it just makes it autobiographical. It's like saying theism is just the presence of belief in God. Well, that doesn't make theism true or false. It just means that people have beliefs in God. So atheism is, is just you don't have a belief in God. It just becomes trivial at that point. Then it doesn't what, mean that it's true or reasonable. So, so what I always, what I, what the arguments that I did when I was an atheist uh, was was um, for for naturalism. Um, 
were partly because I was comfortable taking on what's called the burden of proof. A lot of atheists are going to say, well, no, as a theist, you have the burden. You need to prove God exists. I don't need to prove to you that God doesn't exist, which is kind of true, but kind of not. But when I was an atheist, I had no problem taking on um, the burden of proof. And the, the argument that I would always give is from sun humans. So this is how the argument goes. Uh, imagine that someone came to you and said that there was a whole race of human beings presently walking and living on the face of the sun, right? Mm-hmm. Do, do you believe that? Well, no, because it's ridiculous, right? Right? Do you need really good arguments to know that that's ridiculous? No. Well, no, I just need to know what the sun is, and I just need to know what humans are and the type of climates that we can live in. And in the absence of really any other good arguments for the, in favor of sun humans, I'm not agnostic to sun humans. I don't lack a belief in sun humans. I positively think that there are no humans living on the sun, right? Mm-hmm. For me, that was my argument for atheism, right? I, you know, it, it wasn't that I need to disprove God or anything like that. It, you know, I didn't have some robust argument against it. It was, look, if I look around the world— I see lots of natural explanations. I don't really see any supernatural activity personally. Uh, I don't see any reason to believe it. Um, and it just seems ridiculous to me. So why should I believe it? Um, and and in order to kind of overcome that level of incredulity, the, the theist would need to present good arguments or, or good evidence uh, in order in order for that to happen. Um, and so for me, that and that still is, to be honest, that is one of the arguments against atheism, um, just kind of that banal assumption of theism kind of dating back to David Hume that I still think is one of the hardest ones. Uh, I don't think it's hard to answer, but I think it's extremely hard to overcome because right. at that point, the person just they just don't really care. I mean, it's just, well, you know, you just need such a level of evidence that you could probably never give. And I'm fine being a naturalist and an atheist. So, so good what, luck. <laughs> so what would you say to people who, let's say they claim to be atheists, they claim to be agnostics and people say to them, do you really think there is no God? And they say, you know what? I don't know if there is or there isn't. However, uh, and then people ask them, well, what if you were presented with sufficient evidence that God exists? And they're like, well, sure. I would totally consider that evidence. No, I call I call bluff. Right, so, because what what yeah. evidence would you want when there already is a ton of evidence? Yeah, well, actually, I mean, it's it's worse than that. It, 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 I mean, it's, sorry, this might this one might actually take a couple minutes. Let's do um, it. <laughs> uh, then there's two sides of the coin. So in reality. Um, I don't know what God would actually use to take them to believe, right? So I can't say that, you know, if the stars rearrange, they really in actual fact wouldn't believe. They, you know, they might believe based on an accident or a tragedy in their life or someone sharing the gospel. I, I don't know what would actually, but if we're talking about kind of philosophically, what based on their standard, what would cause them to believe, right? So I call, I call foul. Whenever someone says that, and I and I'll ask them, I'll say, well, what would count as evidence for you? Mm-hmm. Let's imagine that that the stars were rearranged to say Yahweh made this and wants you to believe, right? Would that lead you to belief in God? And then they're going to say, well, you know, yes, if God, you know, rearranged the stars to say that, um, and then I, then I point out, okay, you have a couple problems. Because a lot of, and this might come down to cognitive dissonance, a lot of the objections that they give to Christian arguments undermine that position. So, 
Think of how many times that person is going to say to you, if you've talked about, say, fine-tuning, or you've talked about specified complexity of genetic information, or you're trying to give philosophical arguments, or whatever type of arguments, they're going to say to you, well, you know, it could be a delusion, or it could be a hallucination, or, you know, our minds are just pattern-forming machines that find patterns, or we could be in the matrix, right? Or, and this is their favorite, or... I don't know is the more humble answer, mm. and hopefully science will figure it out one day, right? So if, you, if you're talking to these atheists, typically they're going to say things like natural explanations are always more probable than supernatural ones. So I say to them, okay, given that, if natural explanations, any natural explanation is more probable than a supernatural explanation, why would you assume if the stars rearrange that God actually is the best explanation for that over all of these other natural explanations, like you're deluded or it's a hallucination, or maybe, um, you know, it's just a pattern that we have never seen before, or maybe just chalk it up to quantum weirdness in the universe that the universe just rearranged itself. Or I don't know, but science will hopefully find it out one day. And my mind is just perceiving a pattern. I'm seeing the sentence in the sky because I want to kind of like seeing, you know, a constellation Orion. There's not actually a guy up there, but I can, I can see a figure. Right. I'm just seeing that pattern because I have a pattern forming mind. Right. Why would you, on your view, accept God over any of these other naturalistic explanations? They can't have both. Right. So if they say it's going to account for God, they need to uh, they need to give up their other epistemic, their other uh, philosophical standard for belief. But if they want to keep that standard for belief, then no amount of evidence even the stars rearranging to say Yahweh made this would actually be evidence. Mm. So that's why I call bluff. Wow, so good. So let me ask you this then, because a lot of um, a lot of atheists, a lot of agnostics, they kind of uh, make a caricature of Christianity and they tend to think or maybe paint a picture of many Christians as they're anti-intellectual, they're anti-good, solid arguments. And because... Uh, a lot of people, let's say, they just believe in God and by faith they take what's reality. They're not super well-versed in the study that, that you are in. And recently, I think it was a few months ago, there was a video going around, a viral video on Facebook where uh, this uh, pastor, young pastor, uh, essentially disproved <clears throat> uh, that atheism can exist. And so I'm not sure if you saw the video, but he basically it was a huge youth conference. And of course, he was on, you know, on the home team where obviously whatever he would say, most likely people would agree with. Um, but he took a he took a, a, a blank piece of paper and he drew a, a big circle on it. And then he said that he was having a conversation with his atheist friend. He was saying, do you, do you think that God doesn't exist? And he's like, no, God doesn't exist. And so then he filled in a particular uh, part of the circle, like a small, like two, three percent of it. And he says, would you say that you don't know what, what that God might exist in this two or three percent? And the atheist friend said, well, he might exist. And the guy's like, you know, boom, drop the mic moment. Like, that's why I proved to this atheist that ultimately God does exist. Mm. 
Right. And on the surface level, that video got shared, oh my gosh, like a million times on Facebook. A lot of my yeah. friends were sharing it and everybody's like rah, rah, excited about it. And of course, just after everybody, the, the video went viral, a ton of blogs that are very atheist friendly picked it up and again, started slamming how ignorant Christians are beginning to paint a caricature of Christianity saying that, well, this guy's arguments are flawed. What would you say? Do you think his arguments were flawed? Do you think they were good? Should we as Christians? share these kind of videos no that uh, please delete that if you ever see it that is a stupid but it argument was so compelling it was no. so compelling <laughs> look how many no. pastors did that next sunday i bet oh my gosh so bad yeah i mean in in brutal we just have to admit yeah there are there are a lot of really bad christian arguments there are a lot of christians um who present really bad reasons to believe there are a lot of anti-intellectual anti-scientific anti uh you know um progress anti-equality i mean there there are a lot of really bad foolish christians and a lot of people say really bad foolish stupid sometimes downright sinful but what's wrong what's wrong with that video though because it's it sounded it sounded awesome it's a non sequitur. It's a complete non sequitur. And that so, means what? Tell it us. It means it means the conclusion doesn't argue or doesn't follow from from the argument. So oh, okay. I, I could say to you, look, do you know? Do you know for certainty that there isn't a one thousand dollar bill in your bedroom? I, you know for certain. No, I. There well, might. There, there might be. Bam! Therefore, there's a thousand dollar bill in your bedroom. My I wife mean, might have no. hid it for me or something. <laughs> Right. I mean, that, that's a, it's just a bad arg. It's just it's just nonsense. Wow. I mean, it just it's just bad. So uh, you know, that's not that's not a good argument. And and to be honest, there are a lot of really you know stupid things that are said. I, I can't tell you how many times that I see people share things or I hear people you know try to engage with atheists, and I'm like, oh, please stop. Just please, like it's painful to watch. Right. Just please stop. 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 <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean that that's absolutely true. Well, that what, absolutely what's, happens. What's a suggestion to do otherwise? Because it's like people see that, and, and you have to understand. And I know you understand. Like, generally speaking, the general public, when they see a video like that, they think it's gold. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it it's gold in the sense that it's gold ripe for mockery. Um, <laughs> It, to be, to be honest, I mean, so so two things. So the first thing is you have to realize that most mo- a lot of the atheists that you're going to talk to are of two camps. There's one camp that really came out of um, kind of charismatic fundamentalist. Uh, anti-intellectual, anti-science Christianity, right? These are the Dan Barkers. These are the very uh, legalistic, very fundamentalist, um, and so they're reacting against that. Um, the other are the ones who uh, um, never engage with Christianity whatsoever. Uh, it's more of a cultural thing. Um, they just think it's stupid. The The net effect is basically the same thing. Because they think it's stupid, they don't study. And because they came out from the intellectual uh, you know, version of it, they never did study while they were Christians. They don't study the Bible historically. They don't study it theologically. They don't study uh, apologetics. They don't study the history. Right? They have these very shallow, um, kind of anachronistic, weird understanding of Christianity to begin with. Um, but because they think it's stupid, they don't think it's worth studying any further. And so the less they study it, the more they caricature it. But the more they caricature it, the more stupid it seems, so the less they're willing to study it, and down the toilet bowl it goes. Um, 
So, so this kind of this kind of argument that you came up with with the whole thousand dollar bill was actually kind of cool. Like the thing is, like I mean, imagine that video, and I I'm always trying to you know apply things as a pastor. Like okay, my people are watching this kind of stuff. Like imagine the thousands of young people that watch that video, and next day they went to school or they went to college or they went to uh, work, terrible. and they're like, and they went to their atheist friend, and they're like, boom, drop the mic moment, and then their atheist friend comes back with the type of sentence you gave me. Yeah, that's uh, it, kind, that's kind of a disservice to people then. It, it really, it really is. We do a disservice when we don't train um, and, and educate people within the church for, I, I mean, look, and I'm not talking about indoctrination. I'm not talking about just going out um, and here's, you know, 10 answers to every single question. You need to, you need to understand, um, you need to understand why you believe what you believe. You need to be able to understand textual criticism and why someone like, um, like Bart Ehrman is going to say, don't you know, there are 400,000 errors in just the new testament that is more errors than there are words in the new testament if you're if you're a christian and you haven't been trained on what textual criticism is and how manuscripts are are were were transcribed throughout the history and what you know all, all that goes into that that's going to catch you off guard Right? Especially when Bart Ehrman is a national bestseller. Right. Everybody is reading it. All of your friends are reading it. It's part of your book club, and you don't know what to say to that. So what would you say to that? Let's 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 jump on that question. How would you answer it in a few sentences? How would well, you respond let, to that? Let me go back to that and let me let me just go back one more step. Let me just say that what we need to do as you know, I, I encourage you as a pastor, I encourage Christians everywhere, stop being anti-intellectual, stop reading blogs. There are fantastic scholars. There but are Tyler, fantastic we both articles. are bloggers. How can they I, stop? I understand, but 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 like don't get all your information from there. There are great resources um, out there. There you know, there there are really, really helpful um, strong arguments and information. Find the best ones that you can find. Um, and have the humility to not talk about things that you don't know anything about. I'm really into apologetics. Uh, science and evolution is a very common topic in apologetics. I don't know past my high school education about evolution. Mm. So do you think I talk about it? No. No, I no. don't talk about it because I don't know very much about it. I, I just I can't talk about it, and I don't want to be that person that comes across as someone who has you know maybe studied evolution uh, as a degree or something, and come across as just saying something so stupid that they're going to look at me and they're going to be like, oh, Christians are just dumb and they're just anti-science, right? So, Have the humility to say I don't know what I'm talking about, so I'm not going to step into that arena. So good. So the last thing for this part that I wanted to ask is, what do you recommend to someone? Who let's say that let's say somebody like their friend is an atheist, it's, they're an agnostic, and their level of knowledge about all of that is equal to your level of knowledge in apologetics. And it's like the person says, "Hey, come to church with me. Jesus saved me. Um, I read the Bible every day. God really is working in my life." And they're like, "Oh, you believe this fairy tale that's in the Bible? Right. What what should they answer? Or how can they how can they respond?" Well, they should. Uh, part of this is you, we need to equip ourselves, right? So, yep. so I mean, First Peter tells us to always be prepared to give a defense for the hope that is in us. Now, textually, that means we should always be prepared to talk about Jesus. Mm. Jesus is the reason for the hope that's in us, so right? Good. So that you know that that verse is not about apologetics, like people say that it is. However, that is in the sphere of application. 
we should be prepared to give a defense, to give an a, a, apologia is the word that that mm. comes from. That's why it's called apologetics. Prepare yourself, study, read, and don't be afraid if someone says something, be like, you know what? I've never heard that. Let me go read and come back to you. Let's have a discussion about That's it. So you good. know, it's not an argument. It's not going to be a one and done thing where right. they convince you or you convince them. Study it, find out, study together, ask your pastor, find a good apologetics blog, find a good apologetics podcast, contact them, find out, you know, are there any good resources for this specific question? And realize that you're not going to be great at everything. You're going to have people that are going to ask you questions about the Bible. Focus in on the Bible. Maybe don't focus in on science. Don't focus in on philosophy. Don't focus in on arguments of the existence of God. You need to find out what your circle of friends is asking and thinking about um, and tailor it to them. You know, get get prepared. But there's, there's that old saying that the more you sweat in boot camp, the less you bleed in battle. So right? Do, do, do your homework, do your research, and just be, be willing to commit the time to do that if you want to have this type of ministry. If not, just keep loving people, sharing the gospel with them. Um, I mean, God, God, God's church moved just fine without apologetics for a long time. I mean, God doesn't uh, need us, you know, arguing and stuff like that, but he definitely uses it. But it is the power of the gospel that saves, not the power of the apologist. Well, all right, Fuel for Life Nation, thank you for listening to this content. I hope you enjoyed it. If you found it helpful, please share it with your social network. And for more information about Tyler and to listen to his incredible podcast, please visit freedthinkerpodcast.blogspot.com, freedthinkerpodcast.blogspot.com. Thank you for listening to this curated audio content from Pastor Bogdan Kipko. We hope that you were encouraged and inspired by his message. Bogdan is personally convinced that whatever fills your mind fuels your life. It is his life goal to help you faithfully follow Jesus. For more information, please visit fuelforlife.tv.